I'm Maria Schwartz along with Rachel Galligan, and welcome to the Windsider Show, where it's all about the W. The LA Sparks, what's their roster situation, and what situations are they facing this free agency period? Let's dive in. show please consider joining our patreon community patreon.com backslash windsider for less than a cup of coffee a month you can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the w and don't forget to see our amazing steps written content over at windsider.com that's windsider.com download the episode it makes our stats look better and allows us to continue doing this important work and if you want to sponsor an episode or something else email us info at windsider.com all right let's hop into it we're back at it uh, free agency is just getting heated up, Rachel. It's uh, slowly, slowly pressing forward. You ready for the LA Sparks? Let's do it. As people are dropping things in my apartment, just all over the place. Sorry about that. It's all <laughs> Um, All right. Let's look at who is currently on this LA Sparks roster and discuss, you know, the cap space and the situation they're in. Let's run it down. Neka Gumake, Chrissy Tolliver, Erica Wheeler. Gabby Williams, Amanda Zowie B, Shanae Gumake, Brittany Sykes, Jasmine Walker, Arella Grantes, and a training camp contract for Lauren Cox. They still have Nia Coffey, who was on the roster last year, who's unrestricted, and Taya Cooper, who is a reserve player. Um, and then Maria Vadiva was suspended last year, but, you know, is she coming over? What's going to be her situation? They have 157 in cap space, 157,000 in caps, excuse me, in cap space. This team, I mean, it, as a general thing, like this team has, in my opinion, obviously, I only speak my opinion, <laughs> has so many role players. But the real problem is the protected contracts and the price tags of those protected contracts. Mm -hmm. Christy Tolliver is on the downside of her career. She shouldn't be making basically 200K. Erica Wheeler isn't getting 185 on any other team that I can imagine, except maybe her old team, the Fever. But they weren't even willing to pay that, right? Um, Gabby Williams at 144 is not great either. It's not horrible, considering the potential that she has. But that is a nice investment in her. NECA at 196, okay, fine. Shanae at 116, it's not amazing for the team, but it's not horrible. Um, and then Amanda Zowie B, under 150, yes, I'm down for it. So my issue with this roster is their ability to make moves. And we've seen this with a plethora of other teams in this league where you have these protected contracts tied up with these players because that's just like in my mind, if you're giving a protected contract, you're there's a few ways to go about it. You're either doing it because that's the superstar of the future for your team or they're like the key role player for the team. But normally, I think if you're giving a protected contract, and I've said this before in other episodes, there's an element of you're almost making up for a lack of salary. Does that make sense? Like, if I'm giving Rachel a protected contract, I'm going to think, okay, I'm like, if it was an unprotected contract, I would give them, you know, 10 to 15 to 20K more. 
But because it's a protected, I'm trying to make that argument as the GM to say, hey, lower the price tag because it's a guarantee, because it's protected, so that we can then go around and get other players with that extra change. Um, so for me, it, it's just a really tough situation. And I'm going to be blunt here. GM Derek Fisher has not done a good job of building a team for long-term success or short-term, right? Now, long-term, there's the argument, you know, I'll play devil's advocate, there's the argument on the other side to say, okay, RA, but if you look at the 2023 roster, right, who do they have? Really, all they have is Jasmine Walker, Aurelia Garantis, right? Everyone else is a free agent of some sort besides, you know, Gabby Williams is their only restricted free agent in that regard. So they have an insane amount of cap space. But the thing is, we're not talking about next season. And are the Sparks to a degree tanking for this season? Or I I don't want to say tanking, but like, if you're going to argue that, oh, after next season, we have so much space to do whatever, you still need some sort of core, right? And I don't think anybody's going to be all high on Walker and Garantis to say like, that's the core. And so there's the positives of a clean slate. There's the negatives of a clean slate. Typically when you have a clean slate, that means you're a few more years from a championship run. Um, But let's get back into this year. Rachel, looking at this roster, I went on a ridiculous five minute rant. So I apologize. Um, But you know, in my mind, this, the situation we were talking about this before the episode is kind of like, you know, the people that they have on protected contracts, not many teams in the league are going to want to pay that price tag and protected for that player. Um, the people that they don't have on protected contracts are the players of the future. Brittany Sykes, Jasmine Walker, Rella Grantis. Like, those are the players. Um, yeah. Taya Cooper, who's reserved. Like, those are the players that you want on longer contracts, maybe even secured for a Brittany Sykes. I mean, I think a lot of people were shocked to see that she took such a team-friendly deal to go to L.A. So, obviously, players and people still want to go to L.A. and play for that team. But, I mean, I've just continued my rant. Sorry. Please talk. <laughs> no, you're good. L.A.'s really interesting to me. I mean, on one hand, like, you're kind of like, damn, you know, like, what has gone on here? Their hands are tied behind their back. But then, but then you step back, and I've been thinking a lot about this roster, and the more you talk, listen to you, and analyzing it, you, you have – a couple things in play. One, it's LA. People want to be in LA. There's a great deal of high profile free agents that I would guarantee are in conversation with LA. In order to make that happen, you'd have to move some people around the roster. I mean, we a lot of people have talked about what would it look like for Liz Cambage to join the LA roster. I, I don't know if that's realistic or not at this point, but in order to bring in, you know, someone along the lines of Liz Cambage, Jewel Lloyd with the amount of money that she could potentially be seeking, you'd have to move, you know, Tolliver, Amanda Zowie B, or Shanae. Um, I see that being a little bit more along the lines of Amanda Zowie B, maybe potentially getting traded or trying to move that and, and open up some cash. That's the only way you could potentially bring in someone um, in free agency. And I think this is a team that, you know, it's interesting, like last year, the amount of injuries with NECA, I mean, my God, how, how different is this team with a consistent NECA? You know that as well as I do. Oh. Um, you know, yes, Christy Tolliver at the tail end of her career. Gabby Williams, you know, I, I, I it's, 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 it's going to be very interesting to see Gabby Williams back in the W. It's going to be really interesting to see what she brings to this Sparks roster. I think 
um, you know, LA was so good on the defensive end of the floor and I love some of their younger, um, yeah, yeah. Shout out to uh, coach Tremel. Um, I love kind of the chip on the shoulder that, that some of the, the, the Erica Wheelers of this roster have, I think it's the Brittany Sykes, like, like you have a great core of like culture there, you know, or just edge to yourself defensively. Um, does Gabby Williams come in and, and help that? I mean, I don't, I don't know how she fits, you know, I think that's going to be really interesting. And then you talk about the health of NECA. So, I mean, yeah, like this raw, and, and then we talk about Jasmine Walker. I mean, don't forget, this is a team that gave up their first round pick because they believed in her that much. Now her injury was extremely unfortunate. We don't, we, we still don't know what Walker can do. Um, but, but, you know, for a team to have that much faith in her, I think that speaks volumes. So there's a lot of unknowns, you know, and a lot of health concerns, but man, you know, it's like, it's like they're one piece away, you know, if they could get one piece. And for, for me, it's the offensive end of the floor for as much as this team struggled. I mean, I think they're going to be bought in defensively. Um, but who do you add to this roster that can come in and, and, and bring that, that firepower, if you will, that can go get you a bucket. Is it Jewel Lloyd? You know, is it, is it, is it a Liz Cambage that, you know, you just pound it into inside it out? Um, you know, I think that there's, I, Rachel, I want to attack skills? you. I don't know. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I just want to attack you. Cause I love disagreeing with you. I, I think they're two moves away and, and, and that's, that's two moves in the sense of bringing people in. I, I agree. They're going to have to drop one of these bigs, right? Aneka, Shanae, Amanda Zowie B, and honestly, Lauren Cox, they all kind of play a similar style. And I say this with all due respect, Amanda, Shanae, and Lauren Cox are the poor man's version of Aneka. And by that, I mean, they're just a worse version, right? Like the areas of skill set that they have Your are very, so blunt. what, <laughs> what? Your analysis is just so funny, like how blunt it is. But I'll no, keep going. You're good. Well, cause I'm not going to try and like beat around the bush here. No, like Amanda Zowie B and sure. Shanae both play a, like they're under, they're slightly undersized. They, you know, they can move. A, like it's great defensively to have that extra undersized because typically that translates to a little bit more speed, a little bit more ability to get out to the, you know, to the three point line, defend those shots. But like in my mind, at least. Neko Gumake is at her best when you pair her with another big, with a big who doesn't have the size deficiency that Neko has. Like one of the things that is all like Neko would be one of the greatest players in WNBA history if she was like three inches taller, right? Like her everything about her gameplay and her style is so amazing. But then it's even more so amazing when you realize that she's undersized compared to a lot of the people she's going up against. And I mean this in the full compliment that I hope anyone listening is taking this. So in my mind, like in a general scheme of things, you got to drop, a, you know, a Shanae or an Amanda Zowie B. Um, the tricky part here is to say Amanda Zowie B at 139 or close to 150 versus a Shanae around 110, you know, give or take a few. I would think, and honestly, maybe this is my anti-nepotism showing I would think that the move has to be to drop a Shanae Gumake. I mean, I how many that. seasons have we seen her like actually play in the WNBA sure, sure. in comparison to the amount of years that like she could have played? Obviously, injuries, the bubble, all, like 
all of this stuff. I get it. There's many elements to it. But at the end of the day, I feel like, look, Amanda Zowie B has more experience. I mean, I, I think there could be a legitimate argue about it. Yeah. Maria Vidiva, we don't know her commitment to the W anymore. Well, that's her commitment thing, too, to like, LA. Like, does, does Vidiva, I mean, my God, there was so much stock in her as, as what she could do. Does she ever even come over? I mean, that changes this entire conversation, but I just, I don't know that I see it. I'm, I don't, I don't know any different. I'm just saying like, yeah, it, the way the world is trending and the way things are going, especially with this summer and, and everything going on, like, I don't, I don't see Maria Vidiva coming over. So it's like, I, I, I don't, I don't think the LA moves on from Shanae. I think it's more likely Amanda's how be if you can find a trade to, to work. But another name I didn't bring up before, an interesting one, Tina Charles. Um, you know, if you could convince her to come in and obviously she wants a ring, I don't know that you could look at LA right now and say, oh man, this is a team that is an immediate contender. <laughs> I don't know that anyone would say that, but if you hit the stars aligned and you had a healthy roster, you had a healthy NECA, Gabby was playing well, you know, you know. It, so you're essentially it, saying replace Amanda for Tina. And, and I'm not saying this in like a, I disagree way. I think I would fine no, bringing not. Tina, but also it would be hilarious to see Amanda Zowie be pushed out by Tina. Um, continue. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm just looking at who, what is that piece? Because right now you, you think it's two moves away. I think it's one. And, and I say it's one move away from being in the top five. Um, but, but also that's, a, that's that. a, I, but wait, Rachel, is that saying like one move away is in one home run away or like, Cause I, yes. right. Like there's a difference between one, saying one, like one high level free agent, a Jewel Lloyd, a Tina mm -hmm. Charles, a Liz Cambage, you know, whoever you can attract there and you can move the pieces around. You need a star, you need a star and you need someone who's consistent because there's some inconsistencies from a health standpoint on this roster. Is NECA going to play? Is Shanae going to play? I mean, you know, it's like we go down the line. This team hasn't even been at full strength. Um, Tolliver, you know, that's, she's not going to get moved, but you know, she's Krista Tolliver, you know, she's going to be able to do this team a service, but just, just from her intelligence on the court. Um, what does Gabby Williams bring? Um, so, so I don't know. I, I guess I interesting. you need a star. No, you need to go get. I completely agree with that. Yeah. I, well, I guess the question that I have for you, because you are the smarter basketball mind um, is, I guess I'm like, not. is it for you any star or like typically we try and isolate into three categories of a roster, right? The bigs, the wings, and the point guards, or the the true guards. I guess for you, is it as simple as saying if they add a star in any three of those categories? Because for me, the wing, like, they have the athleticism of a Gabby, of a Brittany Sykes. Um, I'm excited to see what we can get from Walker, a little bit more from uh, Arella. Like, Nia Coffey is another, and, and you know, another player that I'm a fan of. Um, shout out to Minnesota. But... The thing I for me is, like, I, think I, think I look at it, best available. The best one that you can get that fits your culture. It's not going to drag your culture down. This is mm. this is another culture situation where, like, you've already built up this young. Use, kind using of those keywords, Rachel. What? What would you say? Using those keywords. <laughs> I think the culture. It is, though. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. No, I, but so I, I guess my question is because, like, when I look at it, I look at it as – the one or two guard and then the five or the four, right? So like, basically I view it as, and, and this is similar. I'm blanking on which team we were talking about the other day when we did a recording, we were talking about this, like, I guess it's 
it's slightly similar to Minnesota in some ways, but I, I hate bringing up Minnesota with the Sparks because I hate that they're always talked about in the same breath. But I just think there's a, they have a lot of depth and potential in the core of their team in the wings. My thing is I would like to see NECA paired with – all right, we're talking about players to – like I will give you a list of four players, and I've added Tina to the list, four players um, or three from me and, and one from Rachel that I think – um, I agree with, I agree with Lloyd. I think, you know, you add Lloyd, she essentially takes over the Christy Tolliver position. Um, and then you have Tolliver coming off the bench with at that price tag is quite frustrating. Yes, I know. But, um, there's also a reality that you could move Tolliver to a team like, you know, uh, Seattle, if they're losing Lloyd, I cap wise, I'm not thinking about the cap of the other teams when I say this, right, um, right. but there is a situation where I could see a Christy Tolliver being moved to a team that feels like they're on the cusp and they just need that extra star power. Because Christy Tolliver's still a star. I'm not saying she's not a star. I'm just saying she's on the downswing of her career. And realistically, like, you know, we – I don't know if we talked about this with well, Angel McCautry. This is not the situation Tolliver expected to be walking into. Oh, 100%. 100%. And, and, and that's my thing is, like, this team has changed so much from what we expected – when I mean that moves feels like it happened a year or two ago. Even yeah, a year well, it did happen two years. Yeah, it feels like it just happened. Like for me, it's as simple as this: you want to make a move. Um. You want to make a move that puts you in a situation to pair Neca next to another big because I truly believe. You want like NECA is still the cornerstone and leader of this team, and you want to keep her because I know there's been a lot of rumblings of you know a lot of rumors, a lot of people in the Twitter sphere, you know, tweeting about NECA moving to Dallas or NECA moving here, blah blah blah. I think if you're LA, you're saying NECA, like, give us this year, let us show what we're serious about, and then we can talk about furthering your career here. Um, because I do think if you pair NECA with a Liz Cambage, a Tina Charles, you're talking about a very different team. And then I'm more inclined to agree with you. I still have issues with Christy Tolliver, Erica Wheeler, but the more that I dig myself into this hole of going on long rants, Rachel, the more I think that pairing NECA, it's, it's, I'm, I'm, I'll even step away from saying that it's a two move thing. I'll agree with you. If they can find a true big like Tina or Liz um, to pair with NECA, because the reason I like both of those is they can shoot from a variety of places on the court. Mm-hmm. And the beauty of NECA is NECA has the ability to shoot from a variety of places on the court also. But you don't want another big paired with her that's going to spend too much time in the paint when they don't have the ball. Yeah. Right? Like, you want to give NECA her space to do what she does. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, I, and that's why I think, like, pairing her with when she was paired with the Candace Parker, we saw the greatness of NECA. Because she had that ability to kind of be a jack of all trades. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I'm, I think I'm a little more, <clears throat> it, it depends. Again, it really just comes down to who can you attract and who is willing to make that jump. To me, I keep coming back to like a Tina Charles or a Jewel Lloyd is what this team needs. Um, but it's just depending on who's willing to come and, and who's wanting to come and, and what that looks like, then you, this team has enough versatility to kind of structure around that, but you sell it on like, Hey, you get to be literally like, I mean, the, the, the future of this franchise, the future face of this franchise, like Jewel Lloyd, you, you don't want to be third anymore. You could come in here and be the face of LA. 
Tina Charles, okay, I mean, like, we could talk about how much longer you're playing, but man, after you did what, after you did last year, like, you know, if you could sell her on that, um, I just, they need either a, 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 that, that star power presence inside or just that dynamic guard that can go get a bucket at any point. And to me, that's Jewel Lloyd. Yeah, no, I agree. I think the interesting aspect, and as we were talking about, I might have already mentioned this, but as we were talking about before we hopped on the show, and then I'll be done for the episode, is just, it's one of those situations where because they have so many protected contracts and their future, quote-unquote, is unprotected contract-wise, it's a situation of who can they attract and who can they find a suitor to take some of these contracts off of them. Right. It's it's not it's just attracting somebody because then they have other work to do. This isn't the Atlanta dream. This isn't some of these other teams that right. have the cap space to just make it work. They're going to have to do some finagling, which yep. is, you I mean. trade and move people. But the difference this is, is you're L.A. You're L.A., you know. Like, they mm-hmm. have a one-up with that, in my opinion. Yeah. No, totally. I mean, I was just going to say that, like, this is going to make or break Derek Fisher. He's had – a very respectable 100%. regular season record, 100%. a horrible playoff record, a jury still out on the GM aspect, but right now, got to say it's not looking good. Um, any final thoughts on LA before we finish this episode? No, I agree. This is a, this is a huge, huge year. If it, if it goes south, um, it easily could go south. I think that this team easily could surprise some people as well because of the pieces you have coming back. And if you have – knock on wood, the luck of the, the health aspect, which this team did not have last year. We have to keep that in consideration. Um, I think that LA could be a strong team in this league, but it's like wide open at this point and all eyes are on Derek Fisher. And this is like you said before, you said it perfectly. I, I, I believe, I agree. This year is, is going to make or break him in terms of the moves that are made and the future, you know, of his time with LA, in my opinion. Yeah. I'm Aria Schwartz. That was Rachel Galligan. And we'll be back next time with another episode of the Windsider Show.